This is Dr. Charles Parker, and you're listening to Core Brain Journal. It's a place where I connect both fresh discoveries and interesting different perspectives from advanced mind science with the realities of real people and everyday life down on Main Street. Well, welcome aboard, folks. This is Dr. Charles Parker one more time. We're pleased to have you on board. What we're doing today, what we're gonna, the interesting interview that we're going to have today is with an individual, Linda Joy Rose, who's a doctorate level. She's an international speaker. You're going to really enjoy listening to her because she's going to talk about wellness. She's going to talk about her practice and what she does to encourage wellness uh, and, and health. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. Before that, we're going to hit a couple of words from our sponsor, and then I'll do a formal introduction, and we'll go on down the road. So you folks who are regular listeners here already know how much we love the reality of data here at CBJ. And today we welcome our clinical friend and our sponsor partner, Direct Health Access Laboratory. With over 3 million studies, they are deep leaders of experience with the big picture of measuring, for example, methylation, cryptopyrrole, and copper challenges. They provide a global service with a molecular focus Stay tuned, and if you're confused about that whole methylation thing, we've got numerous uh, presentations about it. Dr. Bill Walsh at uh, 025, by the way. Then the second group that we're really pleased is we uh, enjoy the fact that we also have a sponsor and partner with a deep interest in fresh options to address the complexity of adolescent treatment failure, both nationally and internationally, and they are built TRICARE friendly. The local down here in Norfolk, Virginia, Barry Robinson Center, provides a holistic environment that sets children, teens, and families on a path to healing. From personal experience, I know their work with families that we've shared, they're truly a different, comprehensive residential treatment experience, more in a moment with them. So let's go ahead and introduce Linda Joy Rose. She is a PhD, and she, they call her Dr. LJ. And she's an international speaker, therapist, author of, get this, eight books. She's a contributor to the prestigious Huffington Post. And this is even more prestigious in certain respects regarding our conversation. Dr. Mercola's website and an e-learning specialist as well. Very interesting. And uh, we love Dr. Mercola. We hope to have him on soon. So... Dr. LJ is the founder of the Natural Wellness Academy. It's an online program certifying health and life coaches. She is also, we're going to talk more about this in a minute, a hypnotherapist. And one of our favorite topics here at Core Brain Journal, a gut health specialist in 14 countries. As the former director of international development of the American Board of Hypnotherapy, she is pioneering the training and certification of clinical hypnotherapists in many countries, including Japan, Singapore, Hong Kong, Thailand, and Mexico. So she resides with her husband and a large furry family in Tampa, Florida. So welcome aboard, LJ. We're so pleased to have you on board. So tell us a little bit about yourself in terms of what you're doing right now and how you got where you actually are and in this current practice that you're in. Well, hi, Dr. Parker, and thank you very much for inviting me to your show. I've been looking forward to this. Well, right now I am focused on training coaches in 
holistic health and life coaching so that they have that combination because as they say, it's not always what you're eating, it's what's, what's eating you. So our coaches have the ability to go into some of those deeper areas. Um, as you mentioned, the gut health specialization is something that we just launched this year because I think every single day I am reading at least two or three amazing articles about what is going on between the gut and the brain and the microbiome. Mm -hmm. And um, e-learning is something that has interested me a lot. So I'm actually helping other people like myself um, get online and start their own institutes or academies or just educate people into what they, their particular expertise that they need to get out to the world. So that whole e-learning thing is very interesting. Do you want to say a few more words about that? Because I'm going to be doing some of that myself over in, in my area. But what, what is the uh, process that a person does that? Do you have a, a tutorial experience for them or how does that work? Well, I can work in many ways, you know, either kind of as their coach and mentor to show them how to do this, even to the point of writing it completely. And we have our techie people who do the back end. I'm definitely not the person who does the back end, which is, which is actually setting up the learning management system. But kind of how that happened, my model really has always been teaching. And there was a brief period of time that I was doing a, a product line, which was a lovely line. It had a lot to do with aromatherapy and power of suggestion. But I was out of my wheelhouse and then I eventually kind of moved back into the wheelhouse through the Natural Wellness Academy. And about a year, year and a half after I started it, which was in early 2013, I was invited to London to speak at a very large health event. And one of my colleagues, Dr. Karen Ramsey, was there. And she does a lot with raw food. She's a great writer, great speaker. She's written a couple books. And we were happy to hang out there. But she came schlepping a lot of books because she hoped to, uh, over and above what they were paying us to come out there, she wanted to sell books. Of course, who wouldn't want yeah. to sell books? But yeah. a lot of competition nowadays with self-publishing, print-on-demand. And I went with just enough books to put on my table, show credentials. I knew I was just going to give them away anyway because I had a few people that I – we already had some students there. And I sold courses, which were completely portable. I didn't have to bring anything with me. And she sold all of seven books. Um, mm -hmm. I went home, sold a few more courses because I had people that I was following up on. it. And she said, LG, I don't know what to do. And I found really, Dr. Parker, that a lot of professionals, they have magnificent information to share, but they're overwhelmed. They don't know because you really have to kind of hone in. And that is harder sometimes than writing a whole book, writing a course, which is a lot shorter. So I work with professionals to repurpose their materials to show them because a lot of times, you know, you, you might have this great show in the archives that you've done, or you've written a great blog. And it's just kind of sitting there static, but it could become active as part of a course. So I kind of, you know, I did this, I did it successfully. We're now launching uh, like the person who did the gut course. And so I'm showing other professionals how to uh, work in this. It's, it's a beautiful way to work. You can be international and a lot of your money is passive income, which I have to say is a really wonderful thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So now is that available through Dr. Uh, LJNaturalWellness.com or Dr. LJS? What's, which website is that? That's designmycourse.com. Okay. I'm going to write that down real quickly so I can put it in the show notes. Yeah. Uh, and if somebody out there wants to talk to me, we always offer a, a free and exploratory call because it's great to just kind of 
throw out, throw out ideas. So if somebody's interested in that, but of course, on the other website, you have a lot of the health in mind information. So let's take a moment to jump back for a moment and hit that uh, Natural Wellness Academy. And then we'll go over into that next level of getting more precise with how you work with hypnosis and some of the things you're doing over there, because we're very interested in that, in that whole process. Well, way back when, <laughs> I don't want to say how many years back, I was training to be a psychoanalyst, and I was very much drawn to the Jungian perspective, and mm-hmm. I was going to be a Jungian psychoanalyst, Carl Jung, some people pronounce it, and I, I've always, I still continue to do a lot of things with the archetypes, but it was a long education. It would have taken 10 years after getting my PhD, and I had taken a weekend workshop on hypnotherapy. This is back when I lived in, in LA. They were doing a workshop on how to work with cancer patients to help them, and at the time, my mother was dying of cancer, and I thought I could help her in some way, and I was absolutely fascinated, Dr. Parker, just by the idea that you could get into the psyche, you could work with somebody and make it go a lot faster. Now, at the time, I was a Spanish language court interpreter. Uh, putting myself through my PhD. And I started, I was working a lot with the Hispanic people in California. And I realized that if I could take childhood trauma and help them reach that so much quicker than psychoanalysis. So I developed a system called the hypnopotential system, although it was called hypnopotencia in Mm -hmm, Spanish. mm -hmm, So I switched my doctorate to cross-cultural psychology and I created this alternative mental health system for the Hispanic community, and uh, it was designed to help adults heal from childhood trauma, and I had a lot of success with it. And somebody in Japan found out about what I was doing, and they invited me out there. And at that time, there was really no certification in hypnotherapy. This is in the early 90s. So mm-hmm. I went out there, and I it became kind of like my morning commute. You know, I would fly out every month, and eventually became every other month. But for 13 years, I was traveling at least six times a year. And then I would go on to other countries like Singapore and Hong Kong and Thailand. So interesting. It was a wonderful, very exciting life, but exhausting because Mm -hmm. I think at the time I was starting to come down with my autoimmune disorder and I didn't know it, but I was tired. I was exhausted. I came back and I, I thought, you know, it was true. My father once said, everybody thinks your life is so glamorous and and it's really hard to do that much traveling. And so I, I had this, this hiatus of, of working with this product line and I really hated it and I completely forgot everything I knew about the mind <laughs> <laughs> you know like taking care of me doing the things that you you know not practicing what I preached and I became very ill and it was this autoimmune disorder oh and gosh. I was kind of bedridden at the time this was almost 10 years ago so they they were non-specific now they give there's a lot of different names who knows what it was but one of the things is that i would get shingles like every three or four months oh yeah mm-hmm. and yeah. one in which if you've ever had shingles very uncomfortable and i i kind of started to understand that there were food allergies because i was doing research there was very little else that i could do in those bedridden years and um at one point, I came across an article that said that if you went to a raw food diet for 90 to 120 days, that that could knock out most food allergies. Oh, yeah. And I mm. knew nothing about raw food. The only thing I knew is that there was this little uh, place in Orange County in California that was called Good to Go Foods, and they made these snacks that I would get at my local health food store. 
And then the next day, a friend who would go to these functional medicine, something that you would probably love because you're so uh, open to these ideas, and she brought my case study up, or they would, they would do a case study, and they said, get your friend, this was the very next day, they said, get your friend on a raw food diet ASAP. Mm. And I was just like, whoa, you know, I just, yesterday I read this and, but I still, I just didn't know anything about raw food. And then the very next day, and you know, being a Jungian, synchronicity is a big thing. Mm -hmm. And so three in a row, uh, I was speaking to a person I used to box with in Southern California and she was a lot younger. She was in college and then in her corporate world. And I was like, how's it going? She goes, LJ, I just hated the corporate world. It was like, eating up my soul and I'm doing now what gives me so much joy and I'm, I'm, you know, following my bliss, so to speak. And I said, well, what are you doing, hon? She said, I am a raw food chef for good to go foods. <laughs> Isn't that synchronous? So I, needless to say, I went raw the very next day, but I yeah, didn't know what I fantastic. was doing. And, what and, an you opportunity. Know, I, I did this and I, I don't necessarily, I'm not saying everybody who listens needs to go raw. I think it's a great thing to do. But what I, I, I literally within three weeks, I felt like I was a brand new person and, and I'm this, this crusader type of person, you know, I want to write books about things. And my husband was like, well, you know, honey, it's, it's very fringe. And why don't you write a book that would focus on the rest of us, people who, who need to learn how to get more nutrition, but they're not willing to take that step and go completely raw. So, I created this idea of raw fusion living and I got a lot of support in the raw community and that kind of set me on a path. I did a lot of TV and I was coaching and, and I realized though people wanted to learn about my techniques, but I thought there's something missing in the whole coaching world. And that was that idea about the mind. And I do believe that in our lives we come full circle and the things that we learn that we think we learn for nothing, they come back. I, mm -hmm. I really missed the mind. And so mm -hmm. I integrated it and that's where I started doing the holistic health and life coaching. And we have some really powerful modules like a mind module because it, you remember Margaret Mead, the yes. anthropologist, and yes. this this was really this this Dr. Parker kind of was like my guiding light. She said, "It is easier to change a person's religion than the way they eat." Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah, I mean that mm -hmm. you know think about that. And so I thought, well, what if I give these these coaches tools to help people change habits because eating is this is the most ingrained habit that we have other than other than breathing you know mm -hmm. it's, and it, it, it's so tied in with emotion because of the things that we eat you know when we're falling down and mommy's giving us a cookie or the family events that we have the holidays and so we developed um, protocols to really help people change those habits because you can explain to people that they need to get more micronutrients. You can explain to people that they should be trying to get more greens. But if you don't show them how to make the habit, it's not going to stick. So true. You know, that's so true. And so, you, and that's very interesting because, you know, I'm listening to you and I'm having a reaction to what you're talking about because it, from a point of view of synchronicity, I don't want to overuse the word because we've talked about it a little bit, but you, mm -hmm. that whole coalescence of thinking and putting that package together because so often and this is one of the reasons we are so interested in core brain because that very word itself core brain does what you're mm -hmm. talking about you know mm -hmm. there are core issues that actually have brain references and putting the two together is uh, uh, a very interesting subset of uh, challenges for so many people mm 
And I'm very interested in the raw. We haven't had a guest on who's talked about uh, going raw, the value of going raw, and its relationship with immunity. We have not had a guest like that. So just this little bit is so interesting. Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm not there now. I, I'm not eating as high raw as I was at the time, but it was just amazing for my health. And periodically I do, I, I guide people on like a 21 day journey. You know, if you follow my at Natural Wellness Academy on Facebook and that interests you, you know, I like yesterday I posted something about doing a whole 30 and everybody was very excited about that. So we, we do that. We sponsor mm-hmm. things like that just to give people a taste of what the world is like because it's not that hard. It's just different. You know, people would say, is it really hard to be raw? I was like, it's just different and we are creatures of habit. So that which is different sometimes feels hard. Well, Dr. LJ, could you just give us a little bit about that? Because I confess to being a complete novitiate on, on, I mean, I intuitively, I mean, anybody with any common sense can think what is raw, but could you give us a little bit of an idea how that translates operationally into everyday life? I would love to. Yes, raw is really a misnomer. I think a better word to describe the lifestyle is really more of living food. And living food means that it is, is food that has not been processed, it hasn't been overcooked, it hasn't been microwaved. So sometimes you think, well, if you're a raw foodist, you're eating everything cold. You can actually cook food. You could either dehydrate it. Sometimes I even warm things in the dehydrator. You can warm things to a simmer. But the idea is that when you get over a certain degree and it's, you know, people argue that it's anywhere from like 108 to 118 degrees, that you are not only killing off about 70% of the micronutrients, and I do want to talk a little bit about micronutrients too, but you're also killing off a lot of the enzymes. And a lot of times people with autoimmune disorders or digestive disorders, they're just not really, it's, it's malabsorption. They're not able to break down their food. Mm-hmm. And so when you're eating a lot of raw food, the food is living. It has all those nutrients and it helps your body immediately start to feel better because if food is cooked, there's not a lot of nutrients left in it anyway. Then, you know, 80% of our population, they're now suspecting have leaky guts, so they're not really absorbing a lot of the nutrients. And so I think a lot of people who are depressed, who are uh, low energy, who are anxious, a lot of it has to do with the fact that they're not getting proper nutrition. And uh, another thing that was interesting, I wanted to back um, to the to the nutrients, to the micronutrients. There was a study that came out. It was actually done in another country, but they were studying the United States in our fast food craze. And the statistics were very alarming. This was 2012. They said if people would eat fast food twice a week. Now, come on, we know people who eat fast food twice a week. 30% more likely to develop type 2 diabetes. But this was really, really horrifying four times a week. Now you figure a lot of families, they, they revert to fast food because they have really fast lifestyles, but four times a week, 80% more likely to die of cardiovascular disease. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Mm-hmm. So, so what I, what I wrote this article about it and it's really about, you know, for instance, you know, being a vegetarian and a vegan for a lot of years, you know, you're always getting this, you're always getting this kind of question, you're like, where do you get your protein? You know? And I'm kind of a smart ass, you know, and sometimes I'll look at people and say, um, do you eat fast food? And they say, yes, where do you get your nutrients? And people mistake nutrients for the macronutrients. If you are hungry and you just really starving and you're going to run by 
Wendy's and pick up something to eat, you're going to feel full because you're getting the macronutrients. You're getting some protein, some carbs, and some fat. So you're going to have that sensation of being full. But what you don't have in food that is either fast food or food that's cooked in these real industrial kitchens, like there's a lot of chains that they carry food that most of it has been cooked in an industrial kitchen, like, you know, their dressings and everything. Mm -hmm. So what, what happens to this food, it is like building a house. If you think of piling a brick on top of a brick and not putting any mortar in between, you know, I live now in Southern Florida. So, you know, you can have this very strong wind and it's going to knock that structure over. You need the mortar and the mortar are your micronutrients. Those are your, your vitamins, your minerals, your um, trace minerals, your mineral salts. And that is what most processed food, food that we buy in the packages. You know, they say when you go to the market, you know, you really should skirt around the, you know, the edges of, you know, the food that is genetically modified nowadays. That's a whole issue that's going on with the gut too. Um, the, you know, the animal products that have all of the hormones and antibiotics, another big issue that we're having with the gut. And so a lot of times people who feel sick or who feel sad in, in being, you know, in this, the core brain and being a psychologist, you understand what I'm saying is just, we have a lot of sadness in this country. And I think it's because we're just not getting a lot of nutrients in our food. Well, that's interesting. You know, one of the things is you were talking about it because, and, and uh, I was wondering about this. I mean, what's your opinion about taking supplements and, and I'm vague on this. I, while you were talking, I was trying to bring it back up to my mind. Uh, is it fumaric acid or something like that where you then have a solution that has micronutrients in it? Is that what it's called? The fulvic minerals? You fulvic. Mean? That's what it is, fulvic, yeah. Well, fulvic are actually these trace minerals from under the sea, and um, I haven't taken them for a while. I love fulvic minerals, and that's a great thing to add. You know, I'm kind of like Dr. Mercola on the whole issue of supplements. We are of one mind in that we really feel that you should be getting most of your nutrients from your food. Mm -hmm. um, there are a few things. I think most of us need a D3 because we're just not, you know, we're not able to process um, mm -hmm. the way we were, and a lot of our food doesn't have it in there anymore. Uh, definitely a probiotic if you're not getting a lot of these fermented foods. But um, I, you know, I put that question out to my coaches actually because I. I'm neutral on it. You know, I, I say, well, how do you feel about it? You know, because it's some of the people who are in our coaching program from around the world are part of these multi-level marketing firms where they are selling a certain product. So mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell them stop selling the product. I just want them to have information and also teach people how to get nutrition through food. Very, very interesting. That's you know, the and and that's one of the reasons I like Dr. Mercola so much. I mean, I've got his his uh, reference right there on the front of uh, Core Brain Journal down in the mm -hmm. down in the footnotes because we think it's an important book uh, with with so many and then we've got his website like uh, because his videos are so fantastic and mm -hmm. uh, such a good job of, of helping people see the documentation and look at the options regarding good nutrition. We I mean, think nutrition is such an important part of it. So then you so you're less on the supplements you're more on to getting the whole food so then and you're a vegetarian so then let's go ahead and ask that question what do you do about protein you did you did allude to it and i'm sure some of us are have our interest peaked on that question there is so much protein in greens um 
more absorbable even than steak. You know, they've done this kind of comparison between eating a certain amount of spinach and eating steak and, and how much your body can absorb. And you're going to get more protein actually from the greens. Most vegetables and fruits have protein. We probably need less protein than we think we do, but I get my protein when I go through vegan stages, when I was vegan and raw, it was mainly through um, the greens and also through the um, seeds. I do a lot of seeds and nuts, more seeds than nuts. And um, so getting the protein that way, I mean, every once in a while, my body's telling me to eat a little fish, I'll have some fish. If it tells me to eat an egg, I'll do that. I, who doesn't love cheese? I try to stay away from dairy as much as mm. possible. I use more of the nut milks, but you know, every once in a while, I'll put a little cheese in something too. And I like to be be flexible. When I'm traveling, I want to have that flexibility too. But if I have any digestive disturbance, I know that that's the first thing always to get out of your diet would be to get rid of the sugar, get rid of the wheat, corn, soy, and of course the dairy too. Absolutely. So yeah, we hear that all the time. Now let's just hit the seed thing. And I'm going to ask you the seed question because I'd like to get some clarification on that. And then I want to take a little break. This is so interesting. We could talk about this the entire rest of the time, but I want to make sure that we have time to ask you about that whole hypnotherapy process and what you're doing with that and how it is applied to the people that you work with because that's a whole other dimension. There's so many interesting things to talk about. Before we go there, tell me this thing. What, when you say seeds, are you talking about pumpkin seeds, for example, or what seeds do you recommend from your perspective? Hemp seeds and chia seeds have a lot of protein and they also have the omega-3s, which we need to balance out because most of what we eat has so high in omega-6s and that creates inflammation in the body. We're supposed to have this kind of one-on-one ratio between omega-3s and Mm omega-6s and the average American is at a 50 to 70 to 1 ratio of their omega-6s to their omega-3s. So those are really good sources of the omega-3s. I'm really big on sunflower seeds, pumpkin seeds. I have on the website, the drljs.com, if you just scroll down or it might be on the second page, I do a lot of pâtés and I even did a TV show and the guy was like, he's like, oh, come on, you know, because he said, you say say this tastes like like pâté. And and he was just amazed. We once did this event here at the Museum of Science and Industry. It's called Einstein on Food and Wine. And they asked me to come as the raw food fairy and bring. Um, and so I made the sunflower seed pate and we made these great little crackers and we made these kind of raw fusion s'mores. But everybody who was coming by, now granted, they had been drinking a lot of wine. They're like, oh, that's like the best liver pate that I've ever eaten. And I'm like, oh, raw, vegan, no liver, no animals. Isn't know? that amazing? That sounds so interesting. Yeah. Oh, it tastes it literally. Yeah. And you know, it's really, it's you soak them, which is really important too because then you get they become more bioavailable that's the other thing too is that when you study raw food or raw fusion or or really no food you learn about making food more bioavailable so for instance a lot of seeds are really potentially wonderful sources of nutrients but they're going to become much better sources when you soak them or sprout them because then you're, the essence of them is coming alive. The cotyledon, which is the embryonic leaf, is kind of coming alive inside of it. So mm-hmm. that, of course, is supplying so much more uh, ability to absorb the nutrients in your body that makes them more what we call bioavailable. 
Thanks for that little piece. I know that it's just scratching the surface. <laughs> Listening to you talk a little bit is like, oh my gosh, we could talk for an hour about that. But let's take a break for a moment now. And what we're going to ask you about when we get back and what we'd like to have you elaborate on was this other piece of this interesting conversation. And that is how you use hypnotherapy, the kind of places that you think it has the most efficacy and, and, and how you actually practice it. And then if you're interested in telling us about how you teach it, and like one of the things that I would wonder about is even how does one do it if you can do it virtually. So that's a lot of questions all in one spot. So let's take a moment now, and we'll be back in just a moment. Well, folks, you know as well as I do that psychiatric treatment failure, especially after multiple medication trials and those very, very brief hospitalizations may prove insufficient to deal at home with the complexity of troubled children and, and those adolescents from 6 to 17 years old. Improved care, those next mandatory steps, should include a more comprehensive approach to address those multiple levels of challenges, from family to peers to school, diagnostically from defiance to depression, on every level for families including military families internationally. The Barry Robinson Center's 32-acre open college-like campus in Norfolk, Virginia, provides safety and security and clean, comfortable living. How do we know we refer folks over there all the time, strongly endorse what they're doing? So for further information and informed interview, connect at this page, barryrobinson.org forward slash core. Well, you folks already know that here at Core Brain Journal, we're on a mission to introduce you to resources that make significant contributions to the investigation of those predictable mind science applications. Our colleagues at DHA Lab Group provide a real difference with treatment options for people at every level, from first awareness of mind problems to those frustrating times when even well-informed treatment becomes surprisingly unpredictable. For my entire professional life, from psychoanalysis to brain scans, I've searched for, yes, improved predictability. The good news for all of us, from professionals to patients, remarkably effective research offers useful, cost-effective, organic options far beyond guesswork with psychiatric medications alone. DHA lab tests measure unbalanced biomedical details through easily available testing, now available globally for a variety of molecular answers from, for example, methylation, copper, and cryptopyrrole challenges. Check in for more details at dhalab.com core. That's d-h-a-l-a-b.com forward slash core. Well, Dr. LJ, I hate to come back with such a profusion of questions. I mean, I asked you so, so many questions. I could have a little bit of a problem remembering what I asked you, but I do know that it was gonna, we were going to start with hypnotherapy. Mm-hmm. And, and I think there are a number of segments in hypnotherapy that might be relevant, and I thought I'd suggest a few of them to you. But how do you use hypnotherapy in your practice now, down, getting down to the street level? Well, I, I'm, I'm also training hypnotherapies and a lot of it, it, hypnotherapists and a lot of it is virtual, but there is one aspect that they really enjoy flying into Tampa and experiencing one-on-one and seeing me do this with other people. But so there's, there's really two schools. One of them is the behavioral modification. And so all of our habits are um, lodged in our subconscious mind. And in order to change them, then you have to 
access the subconscious mind and make a new habit because everything is a habit, even if it's an anti-habit. So for instance, if you have insomnia, it's really basically you've lost the sleep habit. You have the habit of not sleeping. So um, that would fall. Now, if there is something deeper that's going on, if there's, um, uh, for instance, guilt or remorse or deep depression, then you have the other side of hypnotherapy. And this was really kind of my specialty because as you know, you know, I wanted to really do that psychoanalysis. And what I became known for was the system that I developed called Hypnopotential, which was a way to deal with childhood trauma mm -hmm. because we've all been through trauma and and you know we have this idea that thinking that oh you know you had to have been sexually abused that's trauma yes that is trauma but there are many 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 different ways that we were traumatized as children and most of us were and so the most important thing I think that is the basis of the work that I do is to understand that it's not what happened to us in our childhood that makes us so dysfunctional today. It's what we tell ourselves about ourselves or life or the world. So it is the interpretation that we gave to either the traumatic experience or the chronic experiences, you know, where they were repetitive types of things, you know, like somebody telling you consistently, you're not good enough or you're bad mm -hmm. or you can't that would be more of a consistent and a trauma would have been, let's say, having a parent become very ill, seeing your parents have a very violent fight, being, of course, abused in any way, physically, sexually, emotionally. Um, and so though we form this, this view of ourselves, this interpretation of ourselves or life or the world, and that gets locked into our subconscious mind. And so often we don't understand why we're not able to sustain a love, loving relationship and we'll keep looking and looking and looking for love and, until you really get to the core of it and find out that you, you told yourself that you were not worthy of love. Once you change that, then everything in your outer world would change because I really do believe that we create the world through our belief systems. Well, you know, that's so true. And there's so many people that are right in line with you, but they have different techniques for dealing with that. I mean, um, I've always been interested in listening to Tony Robbins. I think he's a very mm -hmm. inspirational. Yeah, I, yeah, we had him way back when with the um, American Board of Hypnotherapy. We did a fire walk with him. Oh, you did. Fantastic. Many guy. years back. Yeah. He's a and, great guy. I mean, he's so unpretentious and yeah. yet so smart. You know, he's got so many interesting things. And uh, But go ahead. You were going to say something else about him. Go ahead. Well, we also, in the field of hypnotherapy, a lot of us learn neuro-linguistic programming too, and that was really kind of where Tony's at is in the NLP, which is fabulous. You know, that's another way, you know, the shortcut to the subconscious mind. Some people feel like you don't need to do that deep hypnoanalysis. I really am very big on abreaction catharsis because I think that once a person goes back, it's almost like, you know, we're all carrying this, this deep wound or wounds inside of us. And um, I have an, uh, an office in my home, like I have a loft that is this lovely, looks out over a lake on one side and a pond on the other. And so sometimes my husband's kind of like coming out of the back of the house when somebody's leaving and he's like, you, I don't know what it is. You know, it's like people always look like they're lighter and brighter or they'll say to him, Oh gosh, I've never felt this good. Or I feel like I lost 20 pounds because we are carrying this inside of ourselves. And when you get a chance to really understand the lies, either that you were told or the lies you told about yourself, it's very healing to be able to have or cathartic, you know, is, mm -hmm. is the, 
the ideal word for it. So I really believe that that is a way to go. But th there are shortcuts too. Neurolinguistic programming has shortcuts. There, there are people that shortcut a lot of things, you know, through um, EMDR or through EFT. You know, there are every year more and more technologies coming out to get to those is issues. But I, I tend to really go for the childhood trauma and finding out what happened. Well, now tell me what EFT, I'm totally familiar with EMDR. What's, what's EFT? That's the, that's the emotional freedom technique that they call oh, tapping. Yes. I, I, yeah, I'm actually. That's very interesting. We interviewed somebody with that, but I just wasn't familiar. I, I didn't sink the acronym into my head, but that's, we had a very. Yeah, Dr. Mercola actually has somebody in his office that teaches tapping and we had a teleconference. We do monthly teleconferences also for the, um, for the students, so they get a chance to kind of interact that way too. We have masterminds too, but because you know most of their learning is remote and on their own. But um, I'm actually writing an article right now for for Dr. McCullough where I'm talking about tapping. But I, I do I kind of came up with my own version that I call it the thoracic thump, where it's more about moving along the thoracic region, you know, kind of above the the, the uh, pectoral muscles and then kind of down between the um, the breasts or the pectorals and kind of making a T and tapping that way that for some reason works better for me than the tapping techniques some people love EFT it has taken uh, really it's all over the world now you see classes yeah. everywhere on EFT yeah well this woman was very persuasive I wish I could remember right now she was an early interviewee and uh, we guest and she was transformed by the process she just mm -hmm. felt like she'd had a number of uh, traumatic incidences as a child she was alone and and but she really quite interesting in the evolution that her that she'd taken with herself once she released these different uh um whatever reactions that she had so mm -hmm. well you're working with the the meridian system of the body i think it's fantastic i mean i will often teach clients auxiliary techniques, um, things that I call subconscious dynamics, but one of the things that I, I do teach them is EFT because some people respond very well to it. I personally, it just didn't work for me, but I know many people that it works very well for. So then do you do uh, hypnosis virtually? Do you have clients from different parts of the country, the world? No, no, I don't do any hypnosis virtually. Um, I am mm. training. We have found that about 60% of the students when they graduate from their coaching degree, they're so fascinated by the mind module that they want to go on and study hypnotherapy. So we've been able to teach this. The, I, I don't really do hypnosis virtually because I just don't believe in it. And the work that I do, the hypnopotential, so let's say the student will fly in and they're always very happy to do it. And of course, you know, you know, Dr. LJ feeds them lots of fun raw food too. You know, I'm everybody's Jewish mother, so I love to feed people That's too. A good thing. Yeah. <laughs> so they like to come in and then they get a chance of a one on one and then I'll pull somebody in who's local and then we'll they'll get to see me do the session with somebody and then they get to experience the session. I really feel that that type of work needs to be done one-on-one -on -one because you are really going into the most intimate part of a person. I find the kind of hypnotherapy that I train people to do, that I train people all around the world to do, I find to be more intimate than sex because you're going into their deep subconscious memories. And it is um, such a privilege to do that kind of work. Mm -hmm. And it is it, it releases so much anxiety and 
and stress um, from a person too. It's not a panacea. I mean, it, yeah, it should it's be a higher combined. Degree of vulnerability for that person. That person mm-hmm. is really more vulnerable with you when they come into it's unknown territory for them. And you have to sometimes hold their hand, literally, while you're doing the process. And you sometimes have to encourage them. You know, I, I, I encourage them to get as much crying out as possible because, I mean, it, it's always um, refreshing when you cry. But when you cry in trance, when you're reliving one of these traumas, and, and I do need to say it's never as bad reliving it as it was the first time. What's bad is keeping it in all these years. And so mm-hmm. when somebody releases that, it, I most often I get the comment, like, I feel like I just lost 20 pounds. Because energetically, when you carry trauma, they are energy and you are carrying them somewhere um, mm-hmm. that they are weighing you down. Very interesting point. Absolutely. So as we wind down here, I'm thinking about this. We're, we're looking at the time. And uh, honestly, we have, to get, we have to get back on this call. We have to do another conversation. Right. <laughs> uh, we've scratched a number of interesting surfaces here. And I... I can't tell you how much I appreciate it. Let's take a moment to just tell listeners where they can can direct themselves with you and, and tell us. Now, I'm going to have these on the show notes, so it's not it's something you don't have to worry about too much on that. But I also want you to say and tell us where's your main focus right now? Is it is it in that uh, training process that you're talking about there? And and w- what would you like us to connect with you on, if you will, please? I don't think that there's anything that I have enjoyed in my life better than teaching and mentoring. So I think really more of my energy is in the Natural Wellness Academy than anything else because Mm -hmm. I truly love working with the coaches and they feel that, you know, they love being mentored and they get that one-on-one feeling. So that's most of what I'm doing. I do, I spend probably about 10 to 20 hours a week working with people on coaching them on how to do designing, you know, design my course too. But a lot of it is um, we're starting to build more and more courses. Um, Mm -hmm. We're actually looking right now, and this would be a great topic for another, um, for another cause where we want to train people to become cannabis coaches too, because they, there needs to be so much information about CBD and medical marijuana. And I think people are just lost, you know, that there's, there's phenomenal um, opportunities available for them to find healing or find relief or PTSD, but they don't understand it. So I think that that's a niche area. We're definitely going to schedule that gig. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're, we're building a course on that right now, actually, as we speak. Well, that would be so much fun to talk about it because Mm -hmm. uh, I've seen a number of videos about it. I've heard positive things about it, but we're still and I mean, and you have to understand that I was certified in addiction medicine for 10 years and, mm-hmm. and worked in that environment and, and really have some negative biases going into it. But I've been increasingly persuaded that there are a number of applications and I just need to know the pharmacology and what you're thinking about it. Right. Great, great to have you. And I would enlarge the conversation with Right. And CBD, of course, does not have any of the psychoactive effects. You don't get high from no, CBD. No, that is, that is and then a there are, point. Yeah. yeah, there are people that actually benefit a lot from being high from the THC too. For instance, cancer patients, you know, when they're having the bad reactions from chemotherapy. I mean, there's a lot of different schools of thought. And of course, I do understand as an addiction mm-hmm. specialist where you would have your doubts. But, I, you know, my husband works a lot with veterans and he has a foundation and, and he has just become aware of so much healing that has gone on through medical marijuana and CBD with these veterans that he, he's kind of pushed me on it too. He's helping write that course. So 
Well, Dr. LJ, you are so articulate. We're definitely going to do this. I'm telling you, it's going to be okay. Great. But you know, if if people want to find me, you know, we have Natural Wellness Academy on Facebook. We're rebuilding the naturalwellnessacademy.org website. But right now, the best way to find me, and it's the shortest way to get there from Dr. LJ's Natural Wellness, is just drljs, drljs.com. Lots of recipes, videos, information, and I do recipes for mind, body, and spirit. Dr. LJ, thank you so much. I have both of those right here. We're going to have them on the show notes. This has been a very interesting, it's actually a little bit too stimulating because now I've got so many things I have to think about <laughs> at one time. But no, it's really been great. You're so articulate and so interesting. And I look forward to talking to you in the, in the near future. We're going to reschedule. Thank you. Thank and you. And it was so- a pleasure to be here. Thank you for oh, having thank me. You. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah, thank you so much Come on, for coming on board. Thanks for listening to Cobrain Journal. We're working every day behind the scenes to bring you reports that connect research benches with those street trenches. Here we share the complexity of mind science because as you know, details really do matter. One of the most pervasive misunderstood challenges is how commonplace medications like those written for ADHD are used so regularly without clear guidelines. If you think you'd like more specifics, take a minute to download my two-page PDF packed with video links and references on the absolute essentials of how to start ADHD medications. They're easily available at corebrainjournal.com forward slash start. Thanks for listening. Do connect and stay tuned. Together we can make a difference.